This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Let's stick with coaches here, Hammer. How about the job Jordy Fernandez did last night? I thought he made some changes to what he did the night before. You talk about uh, young people in positions trying to figure things out. That's Jordy's, what, second full game as a head coach, third counting the you know, the Mike Brown uh, ejection game, and I thought he had a really great feel for the game uh, and did a hell of a job in ensuring his team had the best chance to win. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how. That's, like, I know the night before he ran out of timeouts really early, and it was probably something that he thought to himself, okay, I can't do that again. But in that fourth quarter, while things are going absolutely bonkers and the crowd is, like, you can just feel it. The whole building is alive. Like, how do you stay focused and in the moment when you've never done that before, when you've never been a head coach in a situation like that before? And, you know, he gave a lot of praise to the prep work that uh, Brown helped put in uh, before the game. He gave a lot of praise to his assistants for, like, keeping a calm head and feeding the right information at the right time and, like, helping him make substitutions and stuff. Um, but just a huge moment for Jordy. And I thought he was great in post game. He was really good in pregame too. You know, he's kind of settling in and figuring out, getting his sea legs. And uh, Mike Brown will probably be back. I don't know if he'll be back on Friday, but um, probably for the road trip. Uh, but in, in the meantime, Jordy's done a phenomenal job of keeping the team on the on its rails. I think he needs to figure out the same thing Mike does. How do you get that first quarter going early? Um, but outside of that, I, I thought, you know, he pushed all the right buttons and he took some risks with guys like Casey and and putting Davion in for long stretches and and going with Malik Monk way more than Mike Brown typically does and, and letting him snap out of his funk after, you know, like admitting the day before on Twitter that, you know, he had he needed to be better. Um so yeah, some really good moments for Jordy in that game. You know, we spent a lot of the time yesterday. Um, talking about De'Aaron Fox and the loss on Tuesday. And like I said earlier with Damian, maybe it came off like we were super critical of him. I think we all still said he had a good game, but we needed more. We expected more from him in that game. But he's still 26 points, 10 to 16 shooting. Uh, I think four assists. It was the untimely turnovers and things of that nature. But I say all that to say, we're going to talk about that. We got to talk about how I told Damian, Damn near, if not literally, a perfect fourth fourth quarter from De'Aaron Fox. He was amazing in that fourth quarter. He had all the big shots, made all the great decisions. And, um, yeah, we need 
we need to, to spend the same time on on what De'Aaron did last night that we did when he didn't do it on Tuesday night. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, he had 15 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, him, Sabonis, Monk were so good. They scored all but two points of the, the Kings' fourth quarter, uh, 33 points. Mm. Wow. Uh, yeah, they were mm. absolutely spectacular as a trio. Um, but I, I think the biggest thing with Fox is not only he shot seven of eight in that fourth quarter from the field, uh, he was huge in the third quarter as well. But the thing that stood out to me was, what do you have, 13 assists? 13. Yeah, I mean, he needed a game like that where, like, look, it, it's one thing to, to you know, step up, but you need to get your teammates involved. You need other people to to feel like they're part of what's going on. He was huge in the, in the second quarter, too. He had 14 points in the second. Um, but, yeah, it's the assist, man. Like, in a game like that, um, you got it. The ball needs to be hopping. And I thought he was so good at breaking down the defense, finding the right guy. I thought he was really good defensively. Uh, you know, just making them work. Uh, yeah, it, it was a good night for him. I didn't notice this earlier looking at the, the fourth quarter stat sheet, but it's Davion's the only player. He hit he hit the one basket. Yeah. He's the only player besides Malik, uh, Domas, and De'Aaron to score in the fourth. That's crazy. Everything yeah, else was, went to those two guys. Or those three guys, was, excuse me. The end of the shot clock, too, I believe. It was like a high-arcing jumper that he hit. Yeah, it was a little pump fake in the, in the from three pump fake got the guy up and one dribble pull up on him, and that was it. Yeah, any, and that that was on a shot clock situation, like mm-hmm. the the clock was winding down. Any, I mean, you, you you get the win. That's the number one thing. Any concerns about the lack of production from the other three starters last night? Yeah, I, I mean, maybe a little bit. Um, they they just have to hit their shots, and yeah, I think and they had biggest... them like that. That was the thing I was wondering. Like, did they just not get the shots with the other three? Like those, they they had their looks. They just it just wasn't their night. I guess. Yeah, my concern too was um, what did I, I think I tweet, they were six of twenty from the field, um, but my my bigger concern was that they only had six combined rebounds, mm. and we're talking about a two, a three, and a four. And that's that's that can't happen. Especially Sabonis only had ten rebounds. He's in there battling, you know, one of the great players in the league right now, going toe to toe. You needed a little bit more, but those guys did help out defensively. I thought Herder was active, uh, had a couple of steals. Um, you, I mean, there were some pluses for those guys, but somebody I, I would have liked to have seen someone else step up. And they rode the hot hands, so I guess you could put that too. That you know, when you have three guys score thirty points, uh, you know, between the three of them, would they score ninety five? Yeah, there's not gonna be a lot of a lot of opportunity for other people, um, but the opportunities they did have, they they didn't hit. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. and you know, I'll say this too: like Kevin Herter is sneaky good on defense. He has moments every once in a while where he gets blown by or something, but and i think he's done a really good job overall I, he's a huge upgrade over what they had at the shooting guard position defensively last year mm-hmm. kings win that game if davion mitchell isn't on the floor probably not like he had some moments i know De'Aaron fox made a concerted effort to give him praise after the game and said that he completely changed uh he's one of the few players in the league that can change the game on the defensive side um yeah i, I again i think him i think trey lyles i think Casey Akpala, you take any one of those three off and you don't get the productivity that you got from them, and you probably lose that game. 
Hammer, thanks for all your incredible work uh, in the year of 2022. Uh, it's 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 been a blast watching the Kings beat blow up the way that it has, and uh, obviously it's a it's a pleasure to have you such a a, a, a cornerstone of of everything we do here at at ESPN 1320. And uh, thanks for joining us on a, on a, on a Thursday here. So uh, you've got more work to do over at the Kings beat and uh, we're looking forward to seeing you next week. James. Hey, happy new year's guys. Happy Happy new New year's Year's. kingsbeat.com. Olivia Christian joins us when we return here on Sacramento sports leader, ESPN 1320. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. D-Lo and KC continues. Streaming live on the Odyssey app. Take my joy, devil. Hey, they trying. They trying. They can't, they can't do it. They can't nope. break my soul. Mm-mm. We got, you know, we got a guest here on Batty Thursday. But before we do that, mm-hmm. I need air horns. I got them. Because people are coming back. I'm trying. Oh, well. People oh. are coming back. Come on now. Was this air horn worthy? Absolutely. 49ers practice Nick Wagner reports Debo Samuels. Back at 49er practice Bro, today. Come on. Why? We're going for six. They're playing a G League team on Sunday. That is not true. I wish you guys would stop saying that. Like I said, the Raiders are a well-coached team. Well-coached. Well-coached. Oh, tell me more about how well-coached uh, the mean, Raiders have been the this year. The roof isn't a pudding. All you have to do is watch the pudding. games. These guys Why can is coach. proof and pudding? Like, how much, <laughs> how, like, sugar to proof ratio, what is it? Hey, man, Josh McDaniels, he'll coach his butt off. This guy can coach. Okay. And then you can talk right. about that quarterback, like uh, Stinnett, or no, um, what's his name? Jarrett Stidham, Stidham, for God's sake. You talk about Stidham out there, man, that boy can play. Obviously, we know what Josh Jacobs can do. Um, you know, and Hunter Josh Winfrow. Josh McDaniels doesn't. And, and, and Devontae Adams. You know, he's going to be playing motivated. He's going to be playing with a chip on That's his shoulder. Great. Yeah, if he can't get the ball in his hands, he's going to be able to do nothing. Now, I didn't say I, how I, motivated. I say he might be motivated to get Josh McDaniels fired, which means he might walk through every play. But – I mean, you can't take that chance. Raiders are a hell of a team. You guys got to stop saying that. Good afternoon, Olivia. <laughs> Good afternoon. Our, our, I don't know why he's saying it like that. Good afternoon. Well, you got them vibes. That's yeah, all right. It's the them vibes. New Year's. It's, it's, it's the go-home vibes, man. That's what it is. It's exciting. The host of the game last night, Cap, uh, which you absolutely should be watching on a very regular basis on all of 
uh, Olivia's platform. What 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 what's the preferred platform? IG. That's that's the one I watch it on every time. Yeah, that's where I see it. You do, and I did notice that some folks have gone back and started liking my old videos on TikTok. And in the new year, I think I'm only going to be using TikTok for the game last oh, night. Oh Go back to using. Wow. Yeah. Okay. What's the so, TikTok what's handle? What's we'll, we'll wait. What's the TikTok handle? It's the game last night. Okay, I just want to make sure everybody got it. The game now. What is yeah. what is wrong with you now? <sighs> What's wrong with me? The basketball gods giveth, the basketball <gasps> gods taketh away. Oh, what the hell? <sighs> what is Damn. this trash? Damn. The ESPN has taken uh, the Rockets and Kings off of their network and replaced it with the Suns, who are playing without Devin Booker and the team who the Kings beat last night. Damn. The Damn. Suns and Nuggets, my f- my fever dream of, of Mark Jones calling a Kings game on ESPN is now dead. How That's we gonna, trash. How we lose a home uh, ESPN game? Because the Rockets stink. After, this is trash. you got to be kidding me. This is trash. For the Suns and the Nuggets, like, wh- Why? 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 I, I can't. I can't explain it. I can't explain it. I'm That's just ridiculous. Just disgusted. I swear, if Mark Jones don't fire off an angry tweet right now, do it. Mark. No, actually, Mark, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that, Mark. <laughs> don't 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 do that. Let us let us do that for you. We'll oh, do that. Man. That's weak. They could at least Rockets. put us on ESPN. You? No. Well, no. Don't do that. Got a bunch don't of college that. age kids playing for the Rockets anyway. Well, that's actually accurate. Uh, the Rockets and Kings, uh, January 11th, are off ESPN for no reason whatsoever. Damn. They're being replaced by the Suns without Devin Booker uh, and the Nuggets. Mm. believe the Suns lost last night, by the way. They did to Cool. No, give them, is... an, give, them an, give them another nationally televised game. Yeah, they lost to somebody they should have beat. They just beat Memphis the other day, though. I will give them that. Oh, what would you think of that game last night? Energy was wild here in Sacramento. Energy was wild on Twitter. Energy was wild at the Golden One Center. That was an exciting game. I like that it gets to keep coming on the show after a really exciting victory. Yeah. And I have to say there's some champagne stains on my uh, couch here uh, from jumping up in oh. excitement from how awesome that was. And I've been dabbing it and trying. I'm, like, I'm going to have to call somebody to like suck this out of the couch um, but it, w- it was so fun. There was some dancing in the living room last night for sure. What a great game! That was a great game. That was uh, yeah. That was some. That was in, that was intense. It was very. It was intense. one of those like why am I, why am I sweating like this? <laughs> I know, right? I am not playing. Why am I sweating? <laughs> did you um, did you think they were going to win that game last night? I got to be. I got you know full transparency. <laughs> I never. I had never any thought doubt. they. I, I never thought they were going to win. Hater. <laughs> I never thought they were going to win. I go in hoping I go in hoping for the best. I'm never going in like we're going to win, especially because I think it's really hard to win when you're expected to win. When there are def- you know, they were sitting a number of players yeah. and because of that it's like, well, if Domas is coming back and folks are sitting out like the Kings should win. And sometimes that's a mental hurdle folks have to get over to be able to especially go with and the win Kings. those things that they should win. 
Especially with I'm the sorry? Kings. I, I, especially with the Kings, I think back to the Scranton 56ers <laughs> right. where like eight rotational players were missing for Philadelphia. <laughs> and they still managed to beat the Kings. Yeah, but Gordon is is on something right now. And it's just, you know, that I remember like playing tennis. I always lost to the girls who had terrible records. Because it's just like, especially if they play bad, tennis is a weird game. Like if somebody plays bad, it makes you play worse. Like if they can't get it over the net or they have no real pace, it's difficult to maintain the way you play and your style. Well, at least it was for me. I'm sure there are professionals who know how to handle this. But it's a mental thing to be able to go in and win when you're supposed to win. Draymond you know? Christian over here. <laughs> Draymond Christian. It's hard to get up for these sorry-ass tennis players. I get up for the good ones. These sorry-ass tennis players, it's tough. If it's a 50-50 or, you know, it, it's hard. You know, Especially you know, when you think about how so many athletes, and I think rappers are the same way, they talk about haters. Haters motivate them. People who don't expect them to win motivates them to work even harder. So if you're going into a game and the expectation is you're going to win, you have to be able to kind of step up and correct your mindset in a way. Like, yeah, I'm supposed to win and I'm going to go get it. But, um, you know, obviously the Kings did that last night. And I'm not really a fan of back-to-backs where you're playing the same team. But I think that worked in their favor, clearly, as they won. But they experience the bad side of it, right? The night before was they were up by 20 at one point and and they saw how hard Denver worked to get back in the game and they weren't going to allow that to happen to them. They had a will to win that I thought was incredible. Another side note about sports that I played. I played softball my freshman year in high school. It's the only year that I played softball. And women's softball in the mid to late 90s, we sang songs <laughs> when we were up at that. There are different songs like "There's a hole out there, hit the ball." Oh out my there. god! But there was wow. also a song that we sang <laughs> that was "You've Got to Want It to Win It," and we want it more. And I, that song this, stays with me. I'm sorry. And the king. This happened what, you while you were no. This happened while you were at the plate. Well, the people on the bench were singing while a batter was up. Telling okay. them, like, get after it, hit the ball out, you know, those kind of things. Yeah, the, um, the, are there any women the teammates, who played softball? The I don't know. This has been a really eventful Your teammates, your teammates be saying songs. That's, okay. I don't know why it happened. That's what they did. I learned right. the songs when I joined the team. Mm-hmm. But the you want you got to want it to win it, and we want it more, is kind of a strategy that I apply to my life today. Like, if I really want to get after it, if I want this victory, if I want it, this client, if I want to do this job, I want to work in this field, look, I have to will myself to do it and not expect other people to fold. And that's what I think we saw last night with the Kings. Like Denver wasn't going to give it up. They had to go get it. And um, I appreciated the fact that they did not give up on themselves. It's a long game. It didn't matter that they were up by so many in the first half and the third quarter. You got to play until the whistle blows at the end. And it was a close one. It was scary. But I appreciated the fact that they went after it. They got after it, and they cut off those that losing streak. It wasn't even really a streak. It was just two games. I'm like, no, it ends they tonight. They responded. Yeah. yeah, they responded yeah. again. Yeah. What's the what's the saying? You got to want it to want it more. No, you got to want it to win it, and we want it more. Head coach at Duke, put that on a shirt. <laughs> I don't. I don't think that's going to get worked into any of her speeches. I'm just, I'm just going to go out on a limb that that an old softball chant won't get worked into any of those speeches. Um, well, is it oh. the fact that I mentioned softball? Is it better if I said 
the football team, the basketball team, the tennis, if, or is no, it just... if the, it was the football. No, it's I'm just I guess I'm I'm just trying to envision team like because you said high school. Now in little yeah. league, like I remember little league, but like I'm talking like seven, eight, like trying to keep kids' attention span and tune it. Hey, sing to your teammate. High school, I I, I I just I guess I just missed that part. That's all. <laughs> Well, maybe perhaps. It did you get hits? Did it now. motivate you? I'm an old you? lady at this point. Did it? When did I it, was in high school, my freshman year, that's what we did. Did it, it motivate you? And we won the division. Did you get fired up when your jam came on and you you got to want it to win it? Like, oh yeah, I'm gonna hit this ball 300 feet now. Well, when you think about it, all athletes do this, right? They put some kind of music in their ear. They're getting hyped together in the locker room. They have a chance. They have something to get themselves Drake bars. encouraged. <laughs> yeah, Drake bars, Drake bars. Drake bars ignites the whole community here. But it's Facts. not that nutballs to, to think about it. But it is a little weird to have, like, legit songs that we sing. But it's all about motivation and reminding people of what they're capable of and looking at it as a team effort, people supporting you. Um, so that, that's what I think happened with the Kings. And that's, I mean, again, that kind of mentality, that song particularly kind of has stuck with me over the years. You, you have to want it to win it. If you're going to give it up, the other team will take it, but you have to, to put in the work, work consistently and get after it. And like I said, the Kings did that obviously last night. And I'm glad that they were able to get kind of that retaliation the next night after having such a disappointing win the night before. We can create an Olivia shirt. Over oh, at yeah. Elonkasey.com yeah, yeah, yeah. and put that on there. 100%. Be the Olivia, you get your own shirt. Be the official Olivia what? shirt Absolutely. for 2023. We're making that happen. That's for sure. Yay! <laughs> so, Olivia, what did you um, what did you think about our guy, Malik Monk, um, mm. the on after Tuesday's game, saying, you know, I, I, I'm not playing good. I apologize to my teammates and to the city of Sacramento. And then answering the bell the way he did last night, 33 points was phenomenal. I mean, these are the type of things that I know we love out here in Sacramento, you know, a blue collar accountability, just coming out here and then saying, Hey, it's my, my mistake. I'm not handling business. And then coming out and answering the bell. What did you make of all that? I thought it was pretty remarkable. One, I didn't really think he needed to apologize to fans. Um, I don't think fans were mad. And we might be disappointed when some people don't perform the way that we expect them to. He's been a pretty consistent player throughout the season. He comes in with so much energy, um, playmaking abilities, being in the right place at the right time and making himself be in a position to be successful and his, and his fellow teammates putting them in a position to be successful. So having an off night and the ball not bouncing the way you want it to or dropping the way that you want it to, that happens. Mm. That's sports. That's why you play the game. But I think he did that kind of just talking to himself. Yeah. You know, it's a way for him to take accountability. He says, that he's, you know, sorry to fans, but he's really just talking to himself, right. reminding himself that, you know, there's every night is a, is a possibility to turn the corner, to turn the page, to come back again. And it's a long season. So um, I think that's his way of hyping himself up. But it also kind of reminded me, because I, I heard about that quote from Malik. It reminded me of like the times that I've been, able to talk with former athletes, those who have retired. I, I ask them questions about what kind of mentality they use, lessons they've learned from sports, do they apply to the next chapter in, the, in their life? And they often talk about the necessity of moving on mm -hmm. from the last play, the last mistake. Because if you're just kind of harping on it, you're thinking about it, you're depressed about it, 
it becomes layered. It takes you out of your game, out of your focus and your inability to kind of produce moving forward. And mm-hmm. I, I think athletes typically have a good ability to do that in a game, but um, it's something I think they have to remind themselves of at times. You can't get down about either one play or one game or even a couple of games in a row. You are a professional athlete. You are living the life of your dreams. Yeah. So you just have to pick yourself up, remind yourself of what you're capable of, and then perform to the best of your ability every night. And when your fans can see that you're performing to the best of your ability every night, they're not going to need an apology when you have an off night. They know what kind of um, vigor and aggressiveness and, and joy that Malik brings to the team, to the court every night. And I'm glad he got that for himself last night. As fans, of course, we enjoyed to see it. But I'm glad that he got that satisfaction, that kind of a game, following the kind of game he had the night before. A uh, couple of things here. Um, shout out to Sass one more time for 2022. Buddy owes us four years of apologies. It's <laughs> <laughs> a big fact. Uh, <laughs> I also think that's that, that that's an incredible point to point uh, to mention. Oh, because we've talked about that tweet uh, from Malik Monk a couple of times uh, today, and, and the incredible performance we had. There wasn't a single person who was frustrated with Malik Monk individually. Um, maybe frustration over the, the the Kings in general, and kind of wondering, hey, what is this? What's going on? And I think you're spot on when you say that was his attempt at personal accountability, and. The fact that this team, Malik individually, but this team collectively responded again when we called them out to do just that, when they've had losses, when they've had some things not go their way, when they lose the front end of a back-to-back in in a game that they had put themselves in really good position in in the first half, to respond again for like – the 30th time this year uh, speaks to this group collectively. It does. And it also speaks to their ability or I shouldn't say their ability, but the fact that they have confidence in each other. Um, You know, they, they've been, they've been there and done that at this point. Like you said, it's happened a number of times this season where they've had to have comeback wins or they've had to like hold the fort down and make sure if they're, if they've been winning for a few quarters to really close out a game that builds confidence within individuals and collectively as a team, we've been in the trenches before Mm -hmm. we have the ability to see our way out of it, to dig our way out of this 20 point deficit. It's not like. We, we don't have the, the skill set. We have the players. We've got a, a deep bench. We've, we've got the personnel. It's really a mentality next. And when you have that experience, you go through those kind of trials and mental hurdles and tribulations. You build confidence, like I said, individually as these athletes. I have the ability to overcome these challenges, but I also have confidence in who I'm passing the ball to. Yeah. I, I know they're going to make a good decision, at least a decision that uh, it may not result in two points, but it's not going to be some ridiculous, I'm going to win the game on my own. They're going to continue to play in a team effort, playing their roles um, and enjoying the fact that they can set each other up for success. But what I, I like about this team, again, is, is what you mentioned. It's like they, they've been there and done that, but you can see how much they respond to it. Like their shoulders don't slump. They don't seem to have any doubt as the game goes on. It's just like, I'm just going to keep plugging away. We're just going to keep playing our game. We've got to call a timeout. Let's rotate some folks in, get some new energy in there, make sure we lock down on defense. And Davion's been incredible on that end. But they know what to do, and they're doing it. They, they don't fall apart at the seams when things aren't falling. When the, when the threes aren't falling, all hell doesn't break loose. 
Um, and again, that seeds more, uh, that produces more confidence in them. And I think it's going to bode well for them as they get further and further into the season when these games tighten up, when the standings tighten up even more as, as crunch time comes. Yeah, mention one thing yeah, yeah, real quick, Casey. Uh, the last two-minute report is out. There were three mistakes uh, in the last two minutes. Uh, two of them went in favor of the Kings, including a missed foul on DeMontis Simonis that would have been his sixth foul with 58 seconds remaining. That play led to the Lyles out-of-bounds save that was also called incorrectly. Whatever. Oh, well. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Excuse me if we don't give a damn. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to me when you miss a call on the absolute final possession of the game. Right. right. Twice. As as uh, as the great Bam Bam Bigelow said to Lawrence Taylor, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Wow, that's a that's a <laughs> wow. We're quoting WrestleMania eleven. That's that's spectacular. For a long well, time, one well of done, my, my top friend. three WrestleManias of all time. I love that. Really, it's literally probably the second most garbage <laughs> WrestleMania in history. Well, I don't know about the rest of it, but I love the Sean versus Diesel. That's and incredible. I loved, uh, yeah, that's incredible. Lawrence Taylor and Bam Bam. What do you and think? Salt and pepper. Too. What do you think, Olivia? Oh man. <laughs> What Stop is, putting me on this. Olivia, Olivia what, what, is what is your favorite? What is your favorite WrestleMania <laughs> of all time? Well, I have to say that quote is from the Old Testament. If you want to go origin story here, but um, no, Old Testament, yeah, I, you mean Bam Bam, Bam, Bam and Bigelow. Lawrence Taylor? Come on! Oh. <laughs> I'm a fan of Lawrence Taylor. I'm a fan of Lawrence Taylor. Um, you don't have I, to answer that WrestleMania of... question, by the way. That was a joke. Okay, thank you. I'm always okay. like, I feel bad. I really have. Yeah. I did watch wrestling as a child. I was never forced to watch WrestleMania, like Junkyard Dog. I and knew there. I absolutely knew. Absolutely knew there would. I knew it would be somewhere in that era. Superfly <laughs> Jimmy Snuka. I'm sure. Yep, I got you. That's fine. I have scars from being thrown from the top of the ropes. There are things that I experienced oh, yeah. that led to me not wanting to be a wrestling you have, man. You have one brother. One brother. One brother, yeah. And two sisters. Yes. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> did the sisters ever, like, jump off the top rope with, sure a, they did. with a superfly splash? <laughs> I'm sure they did. No, I was and continue to be very small. You know, I'm only 5'2", um, so I was easy to throw. My other, my sister, right, old, older than me but younger than my brother, was always a lot taller, so he couldn't really get a handle on her. But throwing me from wall to wall off the couch mm-hmm. – uh, that was an easy thing for him to do. So you are your your niece is probably like six inches taller than you at this point. <laughs> Even my seven year old niece, she's fast approaching. I'm like, oh goodness. Uh, Olivia, when she came to to watch the game, um, she stayed and watched. Yeah, when Nick. you guys sat in the third row right after I left. I mean, no, that's fine. Hey. That's, no, it's fine. It kind of happens. You know? yeah, sure, yeah, sure. It just happens. Hey, all right, guys. I'll see you later. <laughs> IG live courtside. Courtside. Oh. Well, you know, they would. You know that Kenny and I were like super famous. We were sitting down there. I was like, Kenny, this woman keeps staring at me. Like she was yeah, sitting she right next to me. Like, yeah, because of the shoes. Well, you look like a star. Like when you step out with your blazer and your your shoes. The shoes in the bag. Yeah, like, you Yo, look like a lady? superstar. Yeah. It's all about how you walk into the room, right? If you walk in with confidence, people think you're supposed to be there. That's facts. But I I say that That's to facts. say, and I won't give away too many details. But we went and watched Warren G, and at the end of Warren G. I got Kenny, an opportunity no, Kenny, to see. No, no, stop it, stop it right now. Do not get into that. 
I don't even know the end of this story. <laughs> this is no, Penny, I'm Penny, not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. I have video of, of both of us that night dancing to Warren G <laughs> that I have never posted. So. I'm not going to say nothing. How do you dance okay. to Warren G? I know that sounded weird. Kind of you saying I have video? Yeah, yeah no, it's weird, but it's fine. Like, we're used to. I got to be honest. This whole damn conversation has been weird started with the champagne on the couch and then trying to blot it out like it's 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 been a day it's it's but been people a- don't spill champagne when they watch basketball at home well that's i mean that's that made back old life you know drinking champagne i mean yeah you're just sitting around on a wednesday drinking champagne watching king's basketball that's that made back old life well i was gonna pull in my beer truck but there's no parking <laughs> out front so I went with the champagne. The Luke Belair champagne, I'm sure. I'm sure yes, it was the Luke a- you, got, champagne. you got plans for New Year's Eve? I have plans to drink more champagne. Oh, my gosh. I have the perfect dress. I'm so excited. Yes, I'm going out dancing at some club that I don't know. Really? I, I would have never thought you'd go out though. on New Year's Eve. Wow. I bought a dress, I think, a year and a half ago when I was at, like, peak pandemic pounds. There was no way. I was like, I don't know if I'm ever getting – I'm going to need some kind of – terminal illness to fit into this dress oh, gosh. and thankfully i didn't have one but i don't know how it happened because i still like my doritos and champagne and beer and all that. but i tried on the dress i'm like let's see if i can get into this dress for new year's and it totally fits and it's not disgusting there aren't like rolls of ugly i'm like i don't know how this happened my new year's resolution is to figure out how to stay that size so i can wear that dress but it's fantastic. I will be taking pictures by my big window oh, and posting can't wait. it yeah. on Instagram. I know Damien this, lives for those. I do. Photo those, are, those are my. It's my favorite day of the week when those when those pictures <laughs> by the gigantic window uh, pop up. There's there's rumors Olivia is going to be here uh, in the next week or so. This this Trista Crick to Sacramento trip has really turned into a a, a monumental weekend that uh, Olivia's coming out for. That Kyle Matson's driving up for. Uh, we're, we're, we're going to have quite the week next week. Um, as, as I told James, I'll tell you, uh, thank you for all the wonderful work that you've done, uh, with us, uh, throughout the course of, of 2022 and, and the amazing work that you've done with the game last night cap on social media. And, uh, we're looking forward to seeing some of the amazing things that 2023 brings for all of us together. Yeah, man. Maybach. Oh, you rock. We'll be back Thank with you guys. More. Stilo and Casey here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. Stilo and KC continues streaming live on the Odyssey app. And the vibes roll along here as we welcome in the beat writer for the Sacramento Kings and, of course, the host of Candlestick Chronicles, our guy, uh, Chris Peterman. Chris, let's. There's, there's, there's a lot we wanted to discuss. Obviously, my man is decked out in his gear. He's ready to talk about who returned to practice, and we'll get to the 49ers and the Raiders coming up here in just a few minutes. But let's start with last night's Kings win. I wasn't there. Can you tell me about the vibe in the arena when that clock mm. finally hit zero? Man, I'll be honest. Like early in the game, it was looking pretty ugly, right? Like it was the, the I forget what the run was that Denver started the game, but I think Denver made eight of their first nine shots. The Kings started, I don't know, one of six or something like that. And it was just really quiet. And particularly coming off the way the Tuesday game went the night before, people were pretty nonplussed. And there wasn't a whole lot of defense played in that first half. Obviously, the Nuggets scored 75 points. Um, but then you could just tell, you know, clearly the the message in the locker room at halftime was about 
um, improving the defensive pressure. And, and that started with Davion Mitchell and Casey Akpala and just, mm-hmm. you know, making the, the Nuggets feel them a little bit more defensively, which is what Mike Brown talks a, a lot about. And then in the fourth quarter, it started, the, the crowd really started to get into it as the Kings climbed their way back into that game. And, you know, I've been covering the Kings for only a couple of years now. So uh, I know what people say about the Kings fan base, but that really last night was the first I've ever experienced it at that level where like Golden One Center was legitimately shaking. Mm-hmm. Like it was, you know, you could feel the vil- the building kind of pulsing when, when De'Aaron Fox hit that elbow jumper um, and Trey Lyles made that tip to uh, Demonis Sabonis that he dunked it in like, it was. It felt like far more meaningful than a December game, and I think it speaks to the way you know the the Kings' homestand had been going. The fact that you know they're one and three coming in with disappointing losses to to Charlotte and Washington to get that win over a team that that been the, that's been the top seed in in the West uh, really meant a lot. Not only not only to the team, obviously, to kind of turn things around, but to the fans, and you can just feel it in the atmosphere of the building. And, um, and it was pretty, pretty cool to see, honestly, because, you know, talking to some guys who have played elsewhere, you know, that that type of home atmosphere is, is not common around the league, right? Like there, there are not a whole lot of places in the NBA where a building pulsates for, uh, you know, during a win in December. So um, I, I think it was a big win for the Kings, not only from a standing standpoint, because we know how crowded the Western conference is, but just for the vibes, like the vibes have been pretty bad, to be honest. And and I think, you know, to to have a win like that, that's sort of a product of increasing defensive pressure in particular was really big for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think hopefully for their sake, it can be a tone setter going forward because they can't be dropping games like they did to Charlotte and Washington if they're going to, you know, stay out of the plane and maybe be a top six team in the West. You know, we talked uh, a little bit, um, a lot actually, about how the te- the game on Friday against the Wizards, that Golden One Center crowd seemed to be trying to wheel them back into the game with every bucket that got it from 22 to 19. They're, they're trying to rise up and do things, and it just wasn't able to happen. It kind of felt like they they pushed the Kings to the finish line last night with the energy that they brought, the energy they provided, and the Kings fed off that. And I'd say most importantly on the defensive end, they got some some real clutch stops towards the end of that fourth quarter. Davion with the steal, Trey Lyles stealing it, getting to Sabonis, things of that nature. Kevin Herter got a steal. Um, it, it really felt like the Kings players were feeding off the energy of that Golden 1 center crowd last night. Yeah, and and you can tell that the crowd reacts differently to a defensive stop, right? Like if they get a steal or a block shot, like there there are moments where it feels louder than like a bucket. In yeah, case, it's new. Right? <laughs> it's, not, it's not something we've seen too many times, right? And so they they definitely feed off it. Like Davion Mitchell said after the game that um, that it's it's huge when you know when you're playing in the when you're playing in the back end of a back to back and you're feeling physically tired. There's a, there's a certain boost you can get from a crowd when it responds the way it did last night, and mm-hmm. so um, I, I think that was that was really important. Um, you know, the the bench I thought was was big because you know during that seven game winning streak in in November, you remember like it felt like a different guy off the bench was contributing every night, mm-hmm. and during this recent downturn, you know that that hadn't really been there. It hadn't been 
the random, you know, Terrence Davis 30-point game or the Trey Lyles game where he makes five of eight from three or uh, Malik Monk pouring in 30. Like, they got that from Malik Monk last night, and Trey Lyles made a few key plays, and um, and they were plus 13 with Trey Lyles on the floor last night. And, you know, so I, I think that's a big part of it, too. Like, the Monta Sabonis and De'Aaron Fox can can really only carry this team so far. Like, they need those contributions, particularly off the bench. Mm-hmm. And I thought they got them in the form of Malik Monk scoring, Davion Mitchell's defense, uh, particularly against Bones Highland. Like, let's remember, like, Denver was missing a bunch of their core guys, and Bones Highland was having to handle the ball in key situations where normally that would be Jamal Murray. But still, like, the there's you know, the, the Kings are – nobody feels bad for you in the NBA when you're resting guys, right? No. Um, but – you know, they, they, the Kings needed that win in the worst way. And hopefully for their sake, they rediscovered that, you know, that energy that it's going to take to play with that defensive intensity. And those guys off the bench can, can spur them because, you know, we've seen that getting 30 and and 15 from Domas and getting, you know, 25 and 10 from Fox isn't always going to win them games. They need all those ancillary guys around the margins to play well given how competitive the West is, like they, they just can't rely on two guys every night. I know you talked to a lot of different guys last night from Jordy to Malik to De'Aaron. What was the consensus on DeMontis Sabonis's game and just the fact that Sabonis was even out there? Yeah, it kind of encapsulates what Sabonis means to this team, just even in a broader sense from like a season-wide perspective. Because I've talked to him before, long before the injury, about you know, the the load management stuff. And he's just like vehemently against sitting when he's healthy. Like he, if it were up to him, he would play in every single game, even if there were, you know, if every night was a back-to-back. Like Domas is just that type of guy. I think a lot of that probably comes from his dad um, and just, you know, that sort of old school mentality. But he just wants to be out there. And I think for the Kings to have a guy like their best player, one of their two best players, be a guy who plays as hard as he does, who is so committed to remaining available. I think that just sets the tone for the team, and and guys do feed off of that. Um, And Malik Monk said it, like, they looked at Domas playing through as much pain as he was playing through as the reason they won the game. Um, And so when your best player is also, like, your hardest player, like, hardest playing player, I think that's that can be really big for a team. And I, I think that's what Domas is for the Kings. Like, as much as people, you know, myself included, like, I don't think Domas is, you know, the the best defensive center in the league, and he might not be the anchor that you're going to have if you're going to have a top five defense in the NBA and whatnot. But his value to the Kings, even beyond what he does offensively, I think is just the tone setting that that he, the, the way he sets the tone by the intensity he brings every night and the consistency that he brings and just how hard he plays because he might not be the best defensive center in the league, but he he's damn sure one of the best defensive rebounders in the league. Mm. And that's been, that's been really important for the Kings when they too do play good defense as they're rebounding the ball defensively at a high rate. They've typically been among the best defensive rebounding teams in the NBA this season. Um, And obviously Sabonis is as one of the leading rebounders in the league has a huge part of that. So it's just him playing last night and him willing to tough out this injury just speaks to his overall value to the team, in my opinion, beyond like what he does from a numbers perspective. Sabonis uh, is a great communicator on the defensive end as yeah. well. He's, he's always talking, and that's something that as long as we've been doing this show, I've been praying for somebody to communicate more on the defensive end. He does that uh, and wonderfully out there. 
one of the things, and I, you know, I'm still working on this analogy. Tell me if it's off or you kind of catch my vibe or whatever the case may be. But, um, Damien, I think you talked about, you know, um, DeMontis being the unquestioned leader of this team when we're talking about getting the show ready. And, you know, you can go back and forth or whatever and say who's the best player, Fox, Sabonis, whatever the case may be. They both can lay claim to that. They mm-hmm. both have their own arguments. Mm-hmm. But it kind of reminded me a little bit of the early 2000 Kings and C-Webb and Vladi. Now, Sabonis is a much better player than Vladi Divots. But C-Webb was the best player. The heart and soul, the leader of that team was Vladi Divots. And that's kind of what I feel with DeMontis Sabonis. Like I said, he's a better player than Vladi Divots. But he's, he's the rock. He's the guy. He's he's almost the high school high guy at this mm-hmm. point where they look back and they see what Sabonis is doing. And if yeah. he's doing it, then we're going to do it. That's kind of how, how I look. You, you see where I'm coming from with that? Like I say, he's better than Vladi. He might be the best player on the team, but I think he, he's the, the leader uh, of this group. Yeah, I, I would agree with that as somebody who's been around the team for, for most of the – or if not all the season. But, like, you know – De'Aaron's the guy who can get to any point on the floor he wants. De'Aaron's the guy who can score in in the the biggest variety of ways. But to your point, like in terms of the pace setter of the team, the emotional and spiritual leader, I definitely think that's a bonus. And and that's why I think um, it, it was so important for them to get him back last night, because again, like he is pretty limited defensively in terms of what he can be and, and, you're like I said. You're probably not going to have a top five defense if he's your your defensive anchor or your best defensive player with your starting lineup. But like, he is he is the heartbeat of the team. He's he's the guy that that other guys feed off of. You know, he's setting really good screens. He's he's throwing really good passes. He's doing what he can to make sure other guys can get buckets offensively, and and while also being the guy who's cleaning up rebounds and and scoring at a pretty high clip in his own right. So I, I think you're right on. Like. I think, you know, in terms of being the most talented player, that's that's Fox, right? The most mm-hmm. talented basketball player on the team, I think, is quite clearly De'Aaron Fox. But the emotional and spiritual leader, in my opinion, is, is Demonis Bonas. Who's also really, really freaking good. <laughs> like, he is. He's like, very talented. Yeah. Extremely talented. It, yeah, it, the... It, what made it's me? Not, I'm not trying to take anything away from him. But, no, of course. Know, I think Fox is probably the more talented yeah. player, but Domas is just like spiritually. That and player. in the same regard, when I when I mentioned to Kenny that I thought De'Aaron Fox or that I thought Demontis Sabonis was the was the leader of this team, we we talked after Tuesday's game about the pace of the game and how mm-hmm. frustrating was it, how it felt like you should push, push, push because you, you know the hopes of of wearing Nikola Jokic down might be your only hope yeah. <laughs> to slow him down. Yeah. And it we, we, we all acknowledged that that was lacking mm-hmm. on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Was it lacking last night? No, they played Kings basketball. And when you see it, like you see Domas, we talked about this on Friday, you could see Domas even in those final minutes of Friday's game versus the Wizards. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Push, push. Like you see him regularly making the motions. Mm-hmm. Move, move, push, push. And to me, that's the everything – people wanted from De'Aaron that he's not, and that's okay, mm-hmm. Domas is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And and to your point, I, I think the Kings want to play fast. Like, they want to be one of the fastest playing teams in the league. And, and one of the things, this is kind of a tangent, but one of the things I've been thinking about a little bit, like we've seen how much they've struggled to find a backup option behind Domas at center. We saw them go small a little bit on Tuesday with Trey Lyles at the five. 
I'm very curious what a lineup with Harrison Barnes, Keegan Murray, Malik Monk, Kevin Herter, and De'Aaron Fox would look like if, you know, if they don't have Sabonis on the floor, can they play with that pace despite whoever the other team's center is and force mass matchup issues by playing fast, Hmm. Um, you know, pass the ball at a high rate and exploit the fact that they could be a whole lot faster than everybody else. Uh, I thought, you know, if if Sabonis had missed an extended period of time, that that would have offered the Kings unique opportunity to try that route. But I wonder if they're going to do that at certain points now, because I think playing fast is something that they need to do regardless of if Sabonis is on the floor, because it's a huge advantage for them when Sabonis can grab a rebound, sprint up court, and team and teams don't have time to match up in transition. And I wonder if that's something they can do when he's not out there uh, just by by virtue of playing really fast. And so I wonder if that gave them, you know, Tuesday's game gave them a little bit of insight. Like, okay, if we don't have Sabonis and our half-court offense isn't going to be quite the same without that hub who can who can set screens and, and set passes, like can they make up for that with just pure speed? Um, and I wonder if that's something that, that we see from them going forward when Sabonis isn't on the floor. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 